Welcome to the T2 Hubcast. Join Martin, Dave, Spencer and guests as they discuss all things personal and professional development. The T2 Hubcast, brought to you by the People Performance People. So for this podcast, or Hubcast, should I say, um, for this Hubcast, I'm going to talk very quickly. It's only going to be a short one, but we're going to talk around, or I'm going to share with you the five principles of high-performing teams. So whether you're on your commute on the on the way to work in the morning, whether you're on lunch, whether you're just taking five minutes out of your day to, to listen to a Hubcast or to come onto the Hub and get some insight, this is going to be short and sweet, but hopefully it's going to allow you to go away and reflect on the five principles of high-performing teams. A little, Do a little bit of self-analysis on, on, on your team um, and see where your areas for improvement may be. So the five principles of high-performing teams I created uh, around about two years ago. Now, this was as a result of working with lots of different teams across different industries and environments, professional sport. Uh, the military, in business, um, and we were trying to analyze what are the commonalities or the common denominators, if you like, between the high-performing teams. Is there something that they are all doing similar, which leads to success, or or is is success not uh, as simple as that? It depends on your environment, your objectives, your team, uh, etc. Well, Yes, the answer is, is that every environment, every organization, every team is different. Sport, for example, is very different to the way we try and achieve goals and success in business, which is also very different to the military environment. Then you even get public sector environments like the NHS or in education. And and it does vary. There are different ingredients and different factors which contribute to high-performing teams. But what we have found is five factors, which are five principles, if you like, which are universal. These five principles, it doesn't matter which environment you're in, if present in a team, they tend to perform pretty well. So what I want you to do, if you're listening to this Hubcast, is I want you to listen to the five principles, and then I want you to go away, and I want you to score yourself and your team out of five. Five being strong, excellent. Four being good. Three, we're average. Two, this needs improvement, or one, we're pretty poor at this. And if you score score each of the five principles for your team against um, against that scoring system, you will come out with one or two, whereby your own admission, you need to take a look at it. You need to make some changes. So the first principle of high-performing teams is um, clarity of roles and responsibilities. So it's where people are chosen in the team for their skill set, their traits, Uh, and their abilities, and it's absolutely clear what their role is and what's expected of them. And that way, it's like the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. So generally, managers hire people who are like whom? Like themselves. We do. It's human nature. And then if we're not careful, we can end up with too many of the same type of characters in a team. What we find in high-performing teams is people are chosen for the traits and characteristics and skills they possess. Quite often, they're very different. But together, it's like a jigsaw puzzle. They all fit into, into the team and they all serve a purpose and bring something to the table. So clarity of roles and responsibilities is the first principle of high-performing teams. Now, the second principle of high-performing teams is um, the, the, the clarity of communication. So they absolutely, it doesn't mean to say that um, the, the communication is 
um, is consistent or is one-dimensional or anything like that. What it means, what we mean by clarity of communication is this. In high-performing teams, teams can communicate open and honestly. They can air issues and problems on the table. They can discuss them without emotion and without blame. So we found in high-performing teams that teams who feel really comfortable in being transparent and open and honest, it's not about moaning. It's not about um, getting things off your chest. It's not about being negative. It's about actually we are we are a team where we recognize poor performance. We recognize mistakes. We want to be we want to be transparent with them. But more importantly, what we observe in those teams is the leader or you, the manager drives a, a sort of culture or an environment where it's okay to do so. There's no blame. We're not going to focus on what has happened. We want to focus on what we want to do to fix it. And driven by the manager, clarity of communication, openly and honest, transparent communication where we can table problems, issues, or things that are not working, and we can discuss them without blame and without emotion. It almost always um, results in high-performing teams. Number three, the third principle of high-performing teams, clarity of ownership. Now, clarity of ownership is where you have clearly defined ownership within the team of certain tasks, responsibilities, or activities. Now, always remember this saying, the problem with a shared responsibility is that it is nobody's problem. I'll say that again. The problem with a shared responsibility is that it is nobody's problem. And too often in teams where too, too many activities or responsibilities are a shared responsibility or ownership, they never get done, right? It never gets done. I'm not, we're not saying that um, you have to assign everything to everybody and they've got to do it all. There's a difference between contribution and ownership. So for example, when I first started my business, we had bin gate, right? Nobody would empty their bins. So I'd say, you know, why are you emptying your bins, Dave? Well, Claire doesn't empty the bins, right? Well, so-and-so doesn't empty the bins. And, and because nobody was, was because it was a shared responsibility, nobody was em wanting to empty the bin because they felt like they would have to empty everybody's and it was just ridiculous. So I assigned ownership, right? From now on, this person is responsible for the bins, being emptied at the end of the week. It doesn't mean they have to empty them. I just want them to ensure they are emptied. Since that day, we never have been gay again. I go around every Friday, the bins are empty because somebody is now making sure that everybody chips in or we take it in turns and we empty the bins. Now, I know that is a really silly example, but is it's a classic example of... Um, you know, of where it falls down within teams when too much is a shared responsibility because the problem with a shared responsibility is that it is absolutely uh, nobody's problem. The, the next principle of high-performing teams is recognition and reward. So there is a clear, across any environment, across any team, what's universally relevant is that um, managers who drive a recognition culture tend to um, drive performance, tend to have consistent high-performing uh, teams. And too often do we get caught up in in, in analysing what might go wrong, if, if you think about it. Too often do we get caught up in what might go wrong or what might happen um, or 
what we didn't do well this month. And not enough do we take time or, or do leaders and managers take time to stop and really celebrate the successes and reward and recognize the people within the team for what we've achieved. No matter how little that is, we've all been there in a sales environment or in an operational environment. You finish the month, you finish the quarter, and it's a sort of little bit of a celebration and then we're straight on to the next month. And sometimes we've got to, if we want to generate high-performing teams, right, if we want to... Um, if we want to drive high-performing teams and we want to foster high-performing teams and we want to do it, we've got to take time to recognize and reward even the smallest of things because great leaders drive a recognition culture. Now, the final principle of high-performing teams is empowerment. What we find in high-performing teams is that the leader or the manager, absolutely, when it comes to um, delivering or executing upon what each person, remember if the roles and responsibilities are aligned and, and clearly communicated, when the manager steps back and empowers people to do their job. Now, at the certain times where it's not possible to completely empower people with certain things, but we should be looking at our employees and our team members, giving them their objectives, their roles, their expectations, you know, coaching and helping them improve their skill sets and, and their output. But we should always be, where necessary, empower them to take charge, take the ownership and deliver. Too often do we see average performing teams and low performing teams where the manager is too hands on they will not step back and get out of the way for five minutes. And it does two things. It, it drowns the person who was trying to, in the team who's trying to, uh, it suffocates the person, should I say, in the team who's trying to execute. But it also actually inhibits their confidence. Nothing lowers team members' confidence more than a manager who is constantly getting involved or, or redoing their work or sanity checking everything. Yes, we've got to be diligent. Yes, we want to ensure we're driving productivity in our teams. But when you empower other people, you release serotonin in their mind. They feel significant and valued and they go above and beyond, right? We've got to give people space to do their jobs. Yes, for some of us with certain motivators, certain managers might get frustrated that things aren't executed to their standard or in the way they would have done them. But ultimately ask yourself this, did we achieve the desired outcome? If the answer is yes, then who cares how we got there, right? And that is what the great leaders do. They make their, their team members feel empowered to really drive and be responsible for what they need to deliver in the organization. They don't micromanage. They don't constantly check in. They don't redo their work. They don't suffocate them on a daily basis. And they're the five principles of high-performing teams. Think about your roles and responsibilities. Is it clear? Are you assembling a team who have different characteristics and skill sets and together the whole is greater than some of the parts? Do you uh, have clarity of communication? Do you foster an environment where your team members can air and discuss problems openly and transparently uh, with no fear of reprimand, judgment or blame? It's a, it's a really important one. Um, Ownership, clarity of ownership. The problem with the shared responsibility is that it's nobody's problem. Are you assigning champions in the department or in the team for basic tasks that are frustrating you or not getting done, right? Do we have uh, certain responsibilities of the team which sit with certain people? Because the problem with the shared responsibility is that it's nobody's problem. Reward and recognition. As a manager, are you driving a reward and recognition environment within the team? Do you take time to stop? And, and it doesn't always have to be we're going out for a meal or we're having a um, you know we're having pay rises or bonuses. It doesn't always have to be financially led. Sometimes it's a thank you. 
or sometimes it's elevating somebody's status up in front of the group. You know, it's it's really important that we stop to celebrate the successes because that's what great teams and high-performing teams do. And finally, empowerment. Are you as a manager empowering your people, truly empowering your people to make a few mistakes, to break a few eggs, but to truly take the entire ownership over their execution? Um, yes, drive quality. Yes, ensure you're on hand to coach and develop. But are we empowering them to feel like they they contribute and that they've got a level of ownership in what they do? And if you do that, if you if you can try and improve upon or execute upon the five principles of high performing teams, you're going to get some quick wins. So score yourself out one to five. One being poor, five being excellent, three being average on all five of the principles. You know, listen after this hubcast. Just a quick exercise on a sheet of paper, and if you've got two or three which you're scoring in, uh, you know, at, at level two or three, then maybe look at where you can make some changes, where you can consciously consciously make some changes as a leader to to um, to drive greater productivity in that area, which will lead to the overall team performing to a high level. And if you do that, hopefully, it's been worthwhile listening to this short hubcast. So I'll see you next time. Hopefully, that was of use.